Welcome to Every Quarter, the voice of Andover, Phillips Academy's official podcast where we share the compelling stories and ideas of our faculty, alumni, students, and distinguished campus guests. Our monthly show features candid conversations on current events, academia, and Andover's connection to important matters happening around the world. If you like what we do, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a review, comment, and rating. Your feedback helps promote every quarter and helps us tell the type of stories you want to hear. Eileen Christelau, Abbott Academy, class of 1961, returned to campus in November of 2018 to receive the Andover Alumni Award of Distinction. She also met with art classes and shared her experiences creating children's literature. Christelau is the author and illustrator of the Five Little Monkeys books, along with several other titles, including Letters from a Desperate Dog and Vote. In this episode of Every Quarter, Christelau discusses her career path, changes in the publishing industry, and how her dog, Emma, was once her muse. She is joined by Emily Goss, Oliver Wendell Holmes' Children's and Access Services Librarian. My name is Emily Goss. I'm the children's librarian at the Oliver Wendell Holmes Library, and I'm here with Eileen Cristolo, who's an Abbott Academy alum of uh, class of 1961. Um, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Eileen. Well, thank you for having me. And congratulations on receiving the Alumni Award of Distinction. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so I guess my first question, maybe you get it a lot, but um, as a children's author and illustrator, did you always want to be one? Did you always want to be an author? or? I I loved books, and so I, you know, I'm not certain when I was very young that I quite knew how they came to be, were there really authors and what was an author, and I see that with kids now when I um, speak to them at schools, especially the very young ones, and librarians always very enthusiastic and says, it's an author. Um, they have no clue what that means and why the library is so excited. So, um, Did you always like to draw in terms of like the illustrations? And happens? I always like to draw, yeah. So as an Abbott alum, um, did Abbott Academy influence your work as an author and illustrator? Or was that more of like a later in life after you graduated? I think of? it was a little later in life. I, the thing about Abbott that was good was we were really expected to read. We had long summer reading lists of very interesting books. Um, And so they made us, I mean, I was already a reader, but um, introduced me to a lot of good literature. And I had one particularly good English teacher who, I think at the time she was also maybe a graduate student at Wellesley, and so she was um, bringing some of the things that she was doing there into the classroom, and um, it was a very exciting year that I worked with her. So in general, um, how do you find, or how have you found inspiration? You've written so many different types of children's books. Um, do you have like a, I don't know, a go-to for inspiration, or just sort uh, of? Things that happened to me. Um, the ever popular monkey books were actually the Five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed was an old nursery rhyme that, thank goodness, nobody had ever put into a book. It was just a jump rope rhyme, and who knows how that, where it came from. And my 
daughter when she was in preschool, brought that home to me. And I was at the time working on um, trying to be an author. Actually, I used that first as a portfolio piece. I did all these pictures of very realistic monkeys and put it away. Used it as a portfolio piece, meaning that I took these, um, you know, I'd go into New York and my first idea was that I was going to convince somebody that I could illustrate a book that I didn't have to write. Um, and so I went to various publishers and showed them all these pictures, including the monkey pictures. And I got quite a lot of encouragement, but no jobs. Um, and then finally, I you know, took a writing course, and I have no idea how I came up with the idea for my first uh, book, Henry and the Red Stripes. Um, but where do ideas come from? Just everywhere. Um, I did several books that I'm quite fond of about my dog, Emma, who is no longer with us, but she was a mutt from the Humane Society and just a real trial and really um, very difficult. Uh, and so I started writing stories about her and um, eventually they became, there was first a book called Letters from a Desperate Dog and then the desperate dog writes again and there's sort of a compilation of these various stories. <laughs> and so there's one called the Great Pig Escape. I was doing a school visit in Iowa. There was a newspaper um, story about a farmer who had, uh, he was taking his pigs, I guess, off to be, his hogs off to be slaughtered. And he stopped in the middle of town, I guess, to get a cup of coffee. The pigs, hogs, got out of the back of the truck and ran all over the place. So. I started a story with the kids at the school about what happened to those pigs, and um, that led to the Great Pig Escape. That's awesome. <laughs> um, one of one of the books you've you've written is called Vote, and since today yes. is the day after the election, mm -hmm. I thought I'd ask yes. you a little bit about that um, because it is it does seem rare to have a children's book or a picture book about. Voting. Um, it's not right. a. To it seems to be a topic that's a little bit more popular now. But you had written it in the early two thousands. Right. Um, so I didn't know if if you wanted to maybe talk a little bit about that inspiration. Right. Or... Um, I visited yet another school. Um, where was it in Minnesota? And it was during the Gore Bush election. And. Um, there was a lot of interest in that school. It was an elementary school, and there were posters the kids had made for Gore, for Bush, for Nader, and for pizza. And so they were explaining to the kids how voting worked. And the kids were encouraged to go to the polls with their parents, 
And um, so the kindergartners were voting for their favorite pizza, um, and the older kids who had a little more idea of at least who was running, and most likely who their parents were voting for, um, then made the posters for the uh, Bush Nader um, and Gore. Um, and the kids also really wanted to know how I could possibly be out visiting schools when I was supposed to be home in Vermont voting. So I explained about absentee ballots. And of course they wanted to know who I voted for and on and on. I mean, they were just, I went to a, a bookstore in um, St. Paul um, where also, the kids were just fascinated. And so I asked the teachers, what are you using to talk about voting? And they said, there's nothing. And um, so I decided to do a book. And um, I remembered back when I was in elementary school, and somehow I was giving donkey rides to, and to support Stevenson. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up giving donkey rides, but um, it was my way of being involved. I think my mom was in the League of Women Voters or something, but I didn't really have a huge concept about voting. I mean, I knew my parents voted, and there was always discussion about who to vote for. Um, and I looked forward to being able to vote. Um, and so I played around with the idea. I had a wonderful editor, and he would always say something helpful. In this case, he said, um, you know, I came in with this idea, and it was sort of slightly dummied up to sort of show what I was going to talk about in the book. He said, you really need to um, think about it from a child's point of view. And which was obvious, but I hadn't quite connected how to do that, and I thought of myself and the donkey rides, and um, then came up with the girl who essentially is the, her mom is running for mayor. And, um, which is also neat, it's a female yeah, character who's yeah, running for a right, high office. And, right. um, <laughs> And I had to make it a, I didn't, it obviously couldn't be a presidential election because we all know who's being president. And so it could be an anonymous town and anonymous um, candidates. And um, But you were able to cover all the aspects of voting, I feel like, too, which was, which was really great about the book. Like, you didn't just talk about voting, you talked about ads and... Um, Runoffs and recounts, right, and right. Um, <laughs> and the recount, of course, was very much at the top of everybody's minds after the Gore-Bush um, strange, strange election. Did you? Um, so it sounds like maybe you added the dogs that were sort of co-narrators after. Yeah. So um, I seem to do that with my nonfiction, and it it works well. I had previously written a book called What Do Authors Do? And then I did What Do Illustrators Do? They're now combined. Um, and I used the dogs as 
sort of uh, a way to talk to very young kids um, about subjects that are maybe a little difficult if I just talk, you know. It sort of humanizes the subjects, I think. Yeah. And I feel like the dogs kind of asked the questions that maybe little kids would ask, like, how come, yeah, yeah. How come I can't vote or yeah, things like exactly. that. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So in terms of being a published author, I know it's, or at least it seems to be really hard to actually, you know, get your work published. And not right. only are you an author, but you're an author and an illustrator, which also seems to be rare in children's books where it's usually one person writes the story and someone right. else illustrates it so um, I was just wondering if maybe you had any advice for anyone who's an aspiring author <laughs> it, it's just it is an instant success that's for sure I mean it took me seven years of um, trying and it wasn't I think that it I, I look back on it now and I think it was a learning experience um, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, I decided at some point that possibly I didn't care. I mean, obviously I cared. I cared mostly because I needed to earn a living. Um, <laughs> so, um, but in terms of, you know, people have to see my books, I, that wasn't so much the issue, although it's fun to have a finished book, but, um, so, but it, it did take, um, seven years, and I was already accustomed to, so I started, um, earning a living, a minimal living, um, as a photographer, Mm -hmm. and I would go around to, various magazines with a portfolio of um, photographs. And so I became accustomed to calling people up and saying, can I come see you? And um, I think it may have been easier to do in those days than our editors might have been more receptive, art editors. Um, When I, I think that as an illustrator, Approaching a publisher was easier, <clears throat> excuse me, um, because in those days you couldn't, um, you know, email your portfolio. You really had this bunch of original art that you were slogging around the streets, and um, so I would call up art departments, and they were perfectly willing to see me, and if they like the work, they might pull in an editor. Um, and they often did, so that was good. And in the case of um, the editor who I, Jim Giblin, who was my editor, longtime editor, um, he, when I called, it was in August, and he amazingly answered the phone, <laughs> not some receptionist. Or, and I spoke to him directly, and I had taken a course with a woman at um, UC Berkeley um, who had gone on a trip to Cuba with him. And she said, he's just quirky enough to like your work. 
And so I called him and went into, he immediately said, partly I think because I had said that she had suggested, and he immediately bought one book and took an option on the other, and I was just <laughs> astounded because, um, you know, here I've been going out for seven years with these other books, but I'm not sure that he would have taken any of my earlier books, you know, it was just, I think I had finally figured yeah. out how you write a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and how you illustrate it, and how you make the drawings compelling enough, and how you, um, you know, how the, it's sort of like an, conducting an orchestra, or, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> directing a film, or, you know, you have all of these characters, and you have to know where they need to be on the page, and, um, so I finally worked it out, but it took a while. Plus so. you have to think like a kid. Yes, right. And, and, and it helped a lot that all during that seven years I had a child from, um, she was about one when we started earlier than that, when we started looking at books, and we'd go to the library at least once a week, if not twice, and so we both educated ourselves and I could see what she liked and what I liked and, and try some material out on her <laughs> yeah 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 cool. right do you have a favorite aspect like do you prefer writing more or illustrating or is it kind of for you um I do them both together I start with an idea and I might start with a few words and um then I start drawing not sure it's really the best way to do it. And I have friends, we have an illustrator group, um, but actually we all write as well. Um, and we're all published. Um, and some people, I have one friend who absolutely had to have the story written first. Um, and others who work possibly a little bit more the way I do, which is a little bit helter-skelter, but it, it's, um, it was, uh, it seems to be the way I need to work. I need to see these characters um, as I'm writing about them. So the illustration might suggest where the story is going. Cool. Um, do you, of, of all the books that you've written, or even the ones that maybe haven't been published, do you have a favorite story or um, that might be a hard question <laughs> yeah. uh, I kind of like the desperate dog books quite a lot um, I guess because they're so personal um, the, it's really about a, a man who is the human his name is George and the dog and he, he's a painter and he's sort of based on my husband and when I first did the stories I was in the um, stories as well but I just got in the way so I threw myself out and um, and the dog is uh, I had a hard time starting the stories but I saw a George Booth cartoon of a dog sitting in a chair um, 
right after New Year's Eve and really hung over and, um, and I thought, you know, dogs don't have to eat out of bowls on the floor. They can sit in chairs. They can, um, they could use computers. They could, you know, so as soon as I realized that, the whole, the stories just started working. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule. It was so nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Every Quarter is produced by the Office of Communication at Phillips Academy in Andover and made possible by a grant from the Abbott Academy Fund, continuing Abbott's tradition of boldness, innovation, and caring. Like what you've heard? Spread the word. Share EQ with friends and connect with us using the hashtag EveryQuarterPodcast. You can also find us at podcast.andover.edu. Thanks for listening. I'm Jesse Wallner.